it in over the line. Mikheyev couldn't get to it. Mussin down in along the boards. Puck is still free. Three of the lightning in there trying to pry it along. Tick-tock, tick-tock. It goes to Kucherov. His pass back is out of the way. Racing after it is Engvall. He's got an empty net. Just put the damn thing in there. He does. Passing it to Mikheyev. The Leafs get an empty netter. And they are leading four to two. Oh, yeah. Leafs Nation postgame. Brent Gunning, Gord Stellick alongside me. The Leafs taking back a series lead, picking up the first win on the road in Tampa. Gordo, how you feeling after a Leafs win in game three? You know, I'm uh, ecstatic, jubilant. Like, I feel like a kid again. And, and uh, just, you know, watching the game with a bunch of people who feel like kids again. This is this is such a fun, fun Friday night. And, uh I'm I'm trying to remember the last time like I like Montreal when they had a three one lead in games I, I guess we got pumped I don't know because the bitterness of how it ended I can't really remember you know maybe when they won game five against Boston to take a three two lead you know maybe but no this this is and and the fact that they bent but didn't break feel pumped how do you feel that's exactly it, Gord. You nailed it. I mean, I forgot what it felt like to sit there with a tight butt, my butt cheeks clenched together because I just can't take it anymore. And uh, as our producer was was mentioning to me before we got going here, uh, get used to it because uh, if you want to have a long, successful playoff run, this is what it feels like. And yeah, I just I, I kind of got that feeling of of watching it again. And you're right, you know, the games against Montreal. I imagine we had some moments that felt like that, but you, you just don't remember it because of how it all ended man you, you look at tonight uh hanging on for dear life you know i'm not going to sit here and say full full marks for most of that third period you you were hanging on but that's sometimes what you have to do so much of getting wins in the playoffs yes is you know going out and getting the win but at the end it's just that bend don't break mentality and man you know there's so many guys individually we can pick up on here but we have to start with campbell how good was he with a couple of those big big stops in the third yeah, and you know, first of all, to go back what you're saying, like, like, like we are we are an abused fan base, okay? We are an abused fan base about blowing a three-one lead in games, the three-goal lead to the Boston Bruins way back when. I know it was like way back when, but that's what we live with. So imagine a three-goal lead again, again dissipating. So yes, Jack Campbell. The questions about you know how what Jack Campbell were we going to see door number would door number three be more like door number one the start of the season? Or door number two, where he was struggling before he got hurt, and it is more door number three is more like door number one. You're you're right. You're right about like it's just big saves at the right time. Something Freddie Anderson that evaded Freddie Anderson in the playoffs. And again, it's still three games. There's still four more to go. Don't get me wrong, but just yeah. Oh, it, it, like like we could be on for ten hours and do a bit of a gush fest <laughs> about certain people. But you're you're right to start with Jack Campbell because it's you know Vasilevsky is viewed as the the guy, as good a goaltender is in the NHL, and he deserves that. Imagine if Marner put that in. Imagine that oh. faux pas if Marner had put that in. That's what this game, this game, man, we're going to be lying awake. You know, that's why it's good if people are listening to this podcast, because you're going to be lying <laughs> awake anyway, thinking about all those particular plays. But you're right, Gash, you know, Jack Campbell's like gushing about your kid. It's just that, you know, the kid can do no wrong. And in this case, he really can't do any wrong.
No, man, the the save he makes on on the late power play that Tampa gets on a questionable uh, penalty on Muzzin, and I'll hold my tongue on that part of it for now. But the save he makes, it's Kucherov to Stamkos through about 15 sets of legs. I know there's not that many guys on the ice, but that's how many it felt like Kucherov was able to thread the needle through. Stamkos gets every ounce of it, and Campbell just finds that in him to push across and make the big save. And, you know, especially when you're getting kind of caved in and Tampa, a team like Tampa, is just coming at you wave after wave after wave. You know, we always, we, we've talked so much this year about what a guy like Ilya Labushkin scoring can do for oh, you. Man. When, when your goalie, though, makes that save like that, it just, it wakes you up. It gives you life. And man, you, you heard the soup chance there in Tampa. I can only imagine what the place would have been like uh, if that game was back at Scotiabank. Yeah, and apologies for talking over you, but just, you know, TJ Brody made that great setup last game. I know it was in a losing cause, but it kind of seemed, you know, that that the way they finished game number two seemed to be the way they picked up in game number three. So that's a huge positive, what they did. And then Labushkin, Labushkin soft hands. Ilya oh. Labushkin. Like, I, I'm saying he should play center. He should be their first line center <laughs> after that goal. The hell with playing being a stay-at-home defenseman. You know, and, and that's kind of like the Corey Perry goal the other night. Like somebody else coming up big and you know the other part hey i don't care we're gonna we're gonna go all it's gonna be like we're gonna be like we're playing ping pong okay we're gonna go back and forth and all over in that <laughs> like how appropriate mckayev and engvall at the end that yes. you know the the zach hyman types because that was always zach hyman's role you know to shut it down and then the unselfishness on the empty net goal like the two guys that have really elevated their game this year to a level that you only hope they would get. And they're the one, the guys out there to shut it down, you know, and, and anyway, uh, let's keep gushing. You go, your turn to gush. Oh man, I, I, I'm right there with you. You know, the Labouche can play. I have to admit, I'm sitting there going, oh, okay. He's, he's going to hold on to the puck and wire this into Vasilevsky's <laughs> yeah. chest and great. And no, he proves me wrong. He did his best TJ Brody impersonation and Brody was doing his best Mitch Marner impersonation the other night. So anytime you have that happening, it's incredible. You know, you mentioned it, it it's Mikheyev and Engvall and I don't know, maybe it says a, a little bit more about how I feel about this team. Maybe the last 18 minutes before that were so stressful that I was finally able to relax. Normally I'd be sitting there going, just shoot it in the net. One of you, before you bobble this thing and you do the Patrick Stefan uh, against the Oilers all, all those moons ago, I, I was wasn't even worried about that and then Mikheyev gets the other empty netter it's just it, it, it's incredible there and you know uh the guy who who got the second goal he actually scored I mean it feels like Labushkin's goal because the pass was so nice but it's Blackwell who gets the goal there I loved what you got out of that fourth line tonight now the lines were all over the place you had bunting down there uh, towards the tail end so you know I'm gonna love it there but I thought Spezza looked great and you know I've loved what Blackwell's given him through throughout the whole series well, that's why when, you know, they were talking about making changes, who's going to come in? And I'm, you know, I'm just making the point. You and I watched the game together in the press box the other night and, and you know, got, you know, Wayne Simmons played really well. That line played really well. You know, Bla uh, Blackwell and Kasha played really well. And that's why when they said, oh, you take Black, I said, actually, he played really well. Simmons actually, till he, if he hadn't taken those penalties or the one in particular, played really well. And uh, that's why they got him added in that trade. I know people that, you know, were with the New York Ranger organization talk about, you know, he brings you a different variable. It's all about bringing different variables, different, you know, different skill sets to the mix. And so uh, I, I, I couldn't see him getting out of the lineup. And again, they found a way because Jason Spezza, is so flexible and versatile. So I like those moves. You know, I'm I'm not going to be super hard on Justin Hall, but 
there, there was really a good breakdown on Hockey Night in Canada just about him feeling the pressure. Like, wouldn't you know, he gets the penalty, they score on the penalty, the game turns on that penalty, and Justin Hall sitting on the bench just really, really shows wearing that burden. I think we all would. Like, I mean, I don't think Austin Matthews or Mitch Marty would be thrilled, but uh, there, there just sort of is something there, and that, and that is something to take in consideration about. See, if they win this series, like, if they win this series, then the shackles are gone. Then, then this mm-hmm. pressure, you know, is, is gone. Like, that's, that's the great part. If they win it, I believe they're going to win the Stanley Cup. And I believe a big part is because all this baggage, the worry about blowing a three-goal lead again, that is there. And it's very real. It's very real. It's not unfair. And then all of a sudden, whether you're Justin Hall or somebody else, you can relax a lot more. Yeah, it was a, it was a bit of a tough night for him. And the, the the unfortunate part about being a defenseman is that when you make a mistake, we almost always notice it. You know, a forward can miss coverage on a guy, or or you know, Nylander, or once again, not not the smartest play late in that game. But if it doesn't end up in the back of the net, we we more times than not kind of let you go on it. But if you're a defenseman, we just notice it so much, and you, it, it definitely felt a little bit in that third period like Hall was feeling it. There were just plays where the puck would kind of come around the boards to him, and look, it's a pressure environment, but you know, just little baubles here and there, and it it, it did feel like a guy who was kind of feeling the pressure but like you said Gord get through this round and I, I do think a ton a ton a ton of that goes away you know we, we should talk about the guys who who didn't play obviously so much to get to from this game but what did you what did you make of the decision not to dress either of the tough guys it felt like really early on like the first one or two shifts Tampa was trying to run around then they get dinged for the couple early penalties Leafs are are up and all of a sudden Tampa's chasing the game and it just felt like any of that physicality that you would have lost without Simmons and Clifford the game was just so different from that point that I and not to take anything away from them but I just didn't think you missed them tonight well and there was that kind of scrum where Austin Matthews is on and Marner's on Mm -hmm. and Montreal just seemed it highlighted about you know Matthews with kind of a goofy smile on that which he didn't have this time and and the best and the best kind of toughness is take a three nothing lead right so it's so that so they, they don't intimidate you know the they don't intimidate that line or the skilled players with toughness and and um, they went out. The toughest thing was try to catch up and stay up with these guys. So I liked it. I liked it. They kind of established it's like a first round in a, in, a, in a heavyweight fight. You kind of feel each other out, let each other know in a boxing fight. And then uh, I like it because it's the skill on skill. Tampa Bay didn't win the Stanley Cup because of toughness. They won it because of skill. And both sides know they have that component. And, uh, and you know, it didn't, it didn't make a difference, those guys being out of it. I... I uh, to go back, like we're talking about a Maple Leaf team at some ways when it's 3-2, uh, hanging on by the the hair of their chinny-chin-chin at the end. But like like, like what a team when you, you mentioned Tampa Bay being physical early. Oh, by the way, big saves by Jack Campbell early. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Could have been down one nothing in the first minute of the game. Yeah. But then after that, you know, look, look how the Leafs came, Brent. That's what I really liked because right? uh, this is where the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions at home could have just said, ah, no. No, you had your fun. You won game one. You're not gonna see. You're not gonna see any any chance of winning this series anymore. Like that. That was was a very realistic option. And you know, good on the Leafs that just said we we got to come at them hard. We got to pick up from where we left and get left off in game number two.
No, that that was exactly it. And, you know, Tampa did leave the door open just a crack by taking that early penalty. All of a sudden, Morgan Riley, you know, pounces on the rebound there. And, man, important for a guy like him to, to kind of get going early on in the playoffs as well. I've, I've loved, loved, loved what you've gotten out of Riley. And then, you know, they, the team just continues to follow it up. You get the great play from from Labushkin setting up Blackwell. Then early in the second period, you get the goal uh, for, from Camp. It just it felt like you were just following up. And, you know, those are the goals. I lay out there but even after the Riley goal it just felt like wave after wave after wave kind of coming off the Leafs bench it didn't seem to matter who you had out there that it was going to be a group that was going to dominate and you know we so often talk about the depth and the depth and we mean that in terms of are you producing are you scoring are you putting up points but tonight it just felt like and and look Tampa was a good team they had they had pushback in this game of course but it just felt like for long stretches of the game no matter who the Leafs threw over the boards they were going to at least be able to kind of hold serve and more times than not they were winning their shift like it's just it's incredible the depth on this team and and I think maybe the other thing that's that we haven't really mentioned is how well they did kind of mixing and matching tonight you know Keith was really all over the place with the lines and you got to do a bit of that on the road and I I just like the way the team responded in terms of the the constant energy they brought and then doing it with tons of Yeah, no question, no question, and and that and that's something I think constructively we said last year in Montreal. Now, again, when you're behind, it's different. When you're behind, you really have to just keep putting your big, in a lot of ways, putting your big guns out there. But uh, this one was more about holding a lead, you know, trying to minimize chances going the other way. And and I like the tweaks he made. I really like the being being a bench coach. I think is 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 even more valuable in the playoffs to kind of you know figure that out. And he's got a. He's got a Calder Cup championship under his belt, winning it, going out the distance with the Toronto Marlies, and then last year getting some, in the last couple of years, getting some valuable NHL experience. Yeah, it is funny. I, I do remember a lot of people when when the Marlies won that that Calder Cup, a lot of people saying, look, okay, it's a championship. You can't take that away from anybody. But he did it with a team that, you know, had the easily the biggest payroll in the American League. Well, I don't think anybody's taking uh, John Cooper's uh, Stanley Cup rings away from him. So, you know, Keith definitely has that expertise. He has that experience, and he's, he's trying to figure it out now uh, at, at this level. You know, a guy who was talked about so much heading into these playoffs, what will we get? Will he finally produce was he too much of the whipping boy last year was Mitch Marner and you know whatever people were saying last year we can leave that in the rear view because because there's only one conversation happening about this player right now and it's oh my goodness this guy is is incredible like the effort you get from him on every single shift the fact that he's an engine for your team whether it's on the power play at five on five or shorthanded it's just anything you could want from a player you're getting it from Marner right now Okay, I, I cannot ever let the opportunity go by because I always, and it enrages me that it was personal against Mitch Marner. I don't know where that came from. It wasn't personal. It was about the team. He was part of the team. He was part of the problem. He was part of the dissatisfaction. But it was about the team. I, the last two years, this kind of, oh my God, the personal attacks on Mitch Marner. I mean, that pisses me off, people saying that. And Kipper and I get in arguments about that. And I go, no, they were pissed off about the team, not about Mitch Marner. So anyway... Let's scrape that. Yes, 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 yes. I was so glad that end that 18-game goalless drought that he'd had in the playoffs, him and uh, Austin Matthews are, are on fire, just on fire. And uh, probably if you're pick, if you're taking a Conn Smythe winner after three games, you'd have to consider Jack Campbell. Let's see. Yeah, there's, you need more of a body of work, I understand. But you'd have to consider Jack Campbell, but it would be Mitch Marner. It would be Mitch Marner. And, and uh, yeah, it's awesome. 
It is. It's incredible. And I, I love it. That, uh, that, that is what people think the show is like if I'm only doing it, uh, handing out Consumite trophies or, or at least uh, giving front runners out uh, after, after three games here. I mean, just what a gush fest we can have. Everyone's going to have about this game. I mean, you look at it now and the Maple Leafs have got home ice advantage again. You play all season long for home ice advantage. Uh, it gets negated when the road team wins one of the first two games. That's always what they want to do. Tampa Bay did that. And now you've got it back again. So that's another component. You're trying to make the building rock at home. It was. And the kind of play at home. So you've you've got, uh, if you want to say control of the basketball, Brent kind of dribbling it a little bit. You got that possession. I still, though, I still, sorry, see these wounds. They're so raw. They had it again in game <laughs> six against the Boston Bruins on that Easter Sunday afternoon and didn't capitalize on it. But let's, let's just sort, let's just keep looking forward. Let's be positive. Uh- Oh, Gord, it's so funny you say that because the wounds, boy, oh boy, are they in there. You mentioned that Easter Sunday game. Who got the goal to put the Leafs up on top, or at least at one point on top? It was Morgan Riley, and that was the first thing I thought of when he scored that goal today. Austin Matthews gets stoned by Vasilevsky in the third period. All I could think of is the Matt Fratton breakaways. So hopefully, hopefully, they can get through this series, and I don't ever have to think about this stuff uh, ever again because, man, even when it's going so well like this those are the things that are uh that are creeping into my brain here but like you mentioned gord uh they've they've finally got or not finally it's only been a day they have home ice back in the series now they they pick up serve of course the tough thing from from here is we know the the record tampa has coming off losses in the playoffs we know how vasilevsky is coming off losses in the playoffs uh can, can you answer again uh for game four on sunday that's uh that's kind of the next test but man i don't want to pour on the parade right now i it's just I'm I am so jacked up after this win. So again, to put I'm but to put things in context more for older people like me, not so much you. But there's the to me the only comparable are the Boston Red Sox and Chicago Cubs, mm-hmm. and they won from what their fan bases have had to endure, and, and their droughts were way longer. The Leafs did win back in 1967, but you know NBA. I don't know. I can't. I can't think of one. NFL is a whole different animal. But you're talking original six teams, and all five of them have won Stanley Cups since the Maple Leafs last won in 1967. And so that's kind of what we're living. So when we, you know, and that's what Red Sox and Cub fans, the Bill Buckner ball through the leg, whatever, the Steve Bartman, mm-hmm. you know, catching, whatever. That's the kind of stuff they had. And it's not like we as Leaf fans have something that much in infamy. But it is blown three goal leads. It is blown three one series lead. So I think there's always that, you know, what do they call in the golf cart? The uh, thing that makes sure you don't go to the inhibitor so you don't drive too fast yes. on it, the regular, <laughs> whatever it may be. Like we all, it always seems we have to throw that thing out when we're, you know, espousing a positive opinion about 2022. Yeah, that's right. And look, again, you're now two wins away from us no longer having to do that. Uh, you got a few games left to do it. What better time uh, than Sunday when the series picks back up? Uh, we will have that game for you on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Gordo, anything left before we uh, wrap things up tonight? I'm just, uh, as you said, I could talk around this game in circles forever. And actually, I'm going to throw one thing in here. I'm really proud of myself. I barely complained about that penalty on Jake Muzzin in the third period, uh, even though it was absolutely agreed and it felt like the refs were trying to get the game to overtime that there that's all i'm going to say on it gord uh what anything else from you uh before we say goodbye today i i do like that the officials are picking one player out when there's a scrum after rather than you know yes. coincidental things but no i i think you know appreciate everyone li- listening to this podcast and like brent and myself and sam mckee 
they will then, um, you know, you know, listen to it and go have a cold shower. I mean, that's just basically what it's. I mean, that's this is what we need. I mean, otherwise, otherwise we won't get to this. Like, is it Christmas tomorrow? Like, well, like what is it? This is absolutely. This is the best time of year. This is what's fun about being a fan, and this makes all the tough, tough times for loyal Leaf fans for a night worthwhile and worth it. And uh, and hopefully, there's more of that to come in in subsequent playoff games. That is uh that's an excellent prescription for me at the very least. Have a cold shower after a Leafs 5-2 win. Uh Leafs back at it looking to take a All right, let's all say it together. Looking to take a 3-1 series lead. That comes on Sunday when they are back at it. Uh for Gord Stellick, I'm Brent Gunny. Thanks so much for listening to a Leafs winning edition of Leafs Nation post game here on SportsNet 590 the Fan.